Hi, this is Nancy Urell, and welcome to High Road to Humanity. And I have a lovely lady here today. Benig Maje is here from Spain, and she's joining us via, via uh, Zoom. So welcome to High Road to Humanity today, Benig. Hello, hello. Thank you so much for inviting me to, to speak with you. I'm delighted. Well, she has a new book out. It's called The Soul and the Sea. And it's really interesting. And you guys, let me kind of give you an idea of what we're going to be talking about today. So she actually lives in Ireland. She just happens to be so fortunate to be visiting Spain right now. But she's an internationally known young uh, psychotherapist. She's an inspirational teacher. She's a workshop leader. She's the author of many critically acclaimed books. So she's also a frequent speaker. Speaker uh, at national and international events on psychological healing, spiritual wellness, and how to live an empowered and soulful life. And we all want to do that. But you know, this was really interesting because you love I love the water too. I was telling you I love the trees. It's either the trees or the water. But you tell us your story. You found the sea was really healing for you. Yes, well, it, it my story goes back a long way, you know, to when I was born, which is many decades ago. Uh, but I was born in the west of Ireland uh, of French parents. So that's hence my name. I'm Irish, but I'm also French. Um, and I we lived on the edge of the of the ocean all the time. And uh, I only went to the UK sort of in my uh, late 20s and worked there as a therapist and uh, set up a birth center and became involved in in um, childbirth preparation and then trained as a therapist and wrote the first few books. Then I came home to Ireland in 1995 okay. and I was living in Dublin then, but I still would come down to my soul home, as I call it here, where, where, where you know, where I wrote the book, really. And okay which is where um, I live now, and it's right on the ocean. I think the sea is, and nature, but particularly the sea and the whole of the area around the coast of that part of Ireland really was very important in, um, for my soul. You know, I feel my parents were refugees, so, you know, it wasn't an easy time when I was born. Very, very premature birth, but also Ireland at that time, uh, particularly that part of Ireland, it was incredibly remote and very poor. Okay. And so um, I think I gained nurturing from the earth. You know, I was always outside and um, the, the, the earth really and, and, the, and the sea really, I found nurturing. Yeah, the- I, right. I will mention, I have spent time in Ireland myself and it is beautiful and it is magical. It is so green. I just will tell the audience for those who have not gone, it is as beautiful as you would think it is. I can remember my first, and I actually had really um, a lot of weird dreams there because it feels like the the soil, the land is so old, so ancient. It has so much wisdom. Do you know what I mean? I just want to say that. Yeah. I agree with you. And uh, in fact, in the book, one of um, the chapters, uh, I do write about the fact that I'm um, living on the edge of what's called a killeen, which is the Irish word for um, a a, a sort of graveyard for children. Um, Mm -hmm. Because um, 
oh, in the Catholic Church, it used to be that you could not be, um, uh, you had to be baptized. If you were not baptized, you were, you couldn't be buried in consecrated ground, if you see what I mean. So, I mean, if you read up about that, it's fascinating. But I think the ground and the earth has a lot of memory and holds a lot of, of yeah. that loss. I yeah. do feel that. Well, I felt that when I went there and I actually, yeah, I had, I actually had a dream. I had two dreams when I was there and I had never had this before where I was frozen. And I think it's because I was so intuitive and I had no idea how old I didn't appreciate the, the earth didn't like, like what had come before me, I guess I want to say, you know, you don't know what was there, but whatever energy is there usually stays. And it's really interesting. You talk about the children, you know, we forget that those things happened that, children were yeah if you weren't baptized and that's true that's how it was and isn't that awful that but that it wasn't just sorry to interrupt it wasn't no. just children it was actually for um criminals anybody. or yeah anybody who was not considered um kosher um and not baptized um in in the catholic anybody who had committed suicide even i mean we were that the whole this session is not about uh, that but it's a right. kind of it's a kind of um, mark on the land. And I do feel like you, actually, the night before I, and I, this isn't in the book, but the night before we bought the house, the land where the house is built, I had a dream yeah. about a child, a child that was buried, and a, a ghost, I suppose, or a spirit. Anyway, mm-hmm. so um, so I know what you mean. Yes. Yeah. It's strange. It's really, it's got, it's something different than I've never experienced. Well, let's get back to talking about some of this stuff in the book, because it's very enlightening. And you say it's only in a state of complete abandonment and loneliness that we experience the helpful powers of our soul. It isn't that the truth. It's when things are really go crazy in our life that we're forced to look within Absolutely. And those were words um, from Jung, Carl Jung, and I'm trained in uh, Jungian psychology, as as you know. Yes. Um, those were his words. And I guess when I was writing the book, one of the chapters, The Red Room, I believe, is about the dark night of the soul. And, you know, I use a lot of, as you probably know, I use a lot of my own life and my own experience. That's my way of teaching. Sure. So I, I talk about the dark night of the soul and how as you say, we this forces us to go within and to encounter a, a wisdom that's there. Because a lot of the time, and I'm sure you agree with this, you know, modern society and and uh, secular living has, in a way, um, pushed us to to look outside of ourselves right. for everything, for love, for healing, for all of this. When in fact, we're going the wrong way. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, some of us aren't. Some of us aren't. That's why you're here. And that's why you wrote the book. And I'm I'm really glad you did because you talk about this. And, you know, I'll just tell you my own experience has been and I teach the audience to meditate and to bring in the light and the vibration and the love of God. Because I think if I would have known when I was younger, of course, we all have to evolve in our own way. But I'd like to teach people that you're never alone. You always have that love of the divine source. You can say God, you can say creator, you can say whatever you want, but there is a higher power that fills us up and makes us, gives us that comfort. 
You know what I mean? Absolutely, absolutely. And I think if the central message of this book, The Soul and the Sea, it's that um, we have within, we don't realize the power we have to right. heal and to connect with our inner healer. And so, although I'm a therapist and I have been for over 30 years and um, I'm very, you know, uh, depth psychology is, is my life and my practice, but I know that we have to combine this with spirituality, with a spiritual practice in order to, to, um, to achieve healing. Because as I write in the book, you know, you can tell your story for, for years and years and keep saying the same thing to your therapist. Yeah. And you kind of know what happened. You kind of know. Yeah. But, 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 but are you healing? And then one day um, something happens. And I think what happens is you connect with your heart and you open to the divine. I feel that an opening has to happen first because it's not at a cognitive level no it's not it's here and you're absolutely right that's why i'm so glad you wrote this you know you did write and this is another thing you know and gosh i see myself in this and a lot of people that i talk to i am an intuitive as well and i hear this from a lot of people but you wrote we're all looking for another soul to love and loving and um relating is fundamental to our spiritual evolution but what i see is what you wrote in this book too. It's learning to love yourself because if you don't love yourself, if you don't have that love and you don't know about the love of the divine, then you're looking outside of yourself. You're trying to find it. And you're looking at, you know how they say you're looking for love in all the wrong places. (laughs) I would have this. Yeah. Yes. I would have one caveat to that in the sense that I, and I'm an older lady now and have had, you know, marriages and children and grandchildren. But um, I believe that our soul brings us to meet uh, certain people and have certain experiences in order to grow, to serve. I think our relationships are to, in the service of the soul growth. So although we might look for it in the wrong place, there's something we need to learn there. And if yeah, indeed, about ourselves, about ourselves, and if indeed yeah. the relationship breaks down and it's it's a terrible heartbreak, you'll find that the heartbreak is actually a gift. I know it you is. Know? I know. Yeah, but it takes us. I think that's why we have to go through, like you said, go through all this because as you get older, you start to see all this stuff. Whereas when you're younger, you just you don't realize. But I think, gosh, wouldn't it be great if we taught our children? these principles I agree with you I agree with you I wonder is is education changing I don't know about the U.S. but now change but deep down children now are you know on the screen too much so way too much yes I agree with that I agree with that and they're not they're looking at all the material stuff to make them happy and that's Mm -hmm. not what fulfills the soul you know, I worry about all this AI stuff, to be honest with you. Oh, I do too. I absolutely do. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, because it's taking, it's taking you away from yourself. Right. From your, and, from, and no matter, and I don't know about you, but nowadays, if you ring up any sort of telephone company or electricity company to try and talk to someone about your problems with your bill or something, you yes. can't speak to anyone. It's all... Ultimate, and it's just it's maddening, isn't it? 
Yes, it is. Because if you don't say the right keyword, then you don't get to the right person. And I'm one of those. I get so frustrated. I just sit there and hit the zero until I get a person because I'm like you. I don't want it. And you know what else? To be honest with you, since we're on the AI thing really quick, I hate texting. I really I'm old fashioned when it comes. I really think a phone call is so much more appropriate or a written note instead of an email. People don't write notes anymore. And it's the energy of the words and the energy that it takes and the intention to write that or to make that call. You know what I mean? What do you think? Oh, I absolutely agree with you. And, and you know, the, in our day, when we, when we were young, we didn't, I didn't have, we didn't have mobile phones and we didn't have texting. So right. now you hear of relationships being actually cut cut you know people texting and ending a relationship then you're yeah. never you're never actually embodying the experience or facing the person and, and facing the, the pain Do it's a chicken's way out yes yeah. <laughs> oh my god that's, that's like i don't know if you watch sex in the city but <laughs> I, I, there's an episode where a guy breaks up with her on a post-it note on one of these little things. He leaves her a little note, you know, it's not working out. <laughs> That's what that reminds me of. Hey, let's talk about, we've got some really cool stuff to talk about today. And you talk about um, people who might feel stuck or blocked from their healing path. And I want to bring this up because um, I think we've all felt like this. Uh, we're seeking, we want to open up. You talk about transcendent dimension. I don't really explain to us what that is. Yeah, now I don't know which part of the, have you a set chapter? But if you don't, it doesn't matter. Um, where... No, I was just kind of getting reading off some of the notes that, um, that I was sent. But I just, that I guess when people are stuck or blocked, what do you recommend? Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, um, I think being stuck or blocked is is a, a part of the process at times. What I recommend is well, particularly if you are if you're in therapy, then at least you can be there and wait for a dream, a dream which is very Jungian, but a dream, and you you're going to dream whether you're with a therapist or not. And what I encourage is that you write your dream. The dream yes. will bring to the surface your side, it's your soul speaking to you and will, will give you some kind of message. So stay with the blockage and know that it will pass. It takes a, time. It takes time. It's a process. It's a hard thing to do, but stay with the blockage. And also knowing that you're not, you know, you may think you're blocked, but that's your ego that says you're blocked. There may be a plan, you know, and just surrender to the plan. And that's so hard to do because the more we feel blocked, the more we try and get out of the block. Right. We so try to fix it ourselves. We try and get out of it and fix it and, and get rid of it in the same way that we want uh, a definition of what's wrong with us. You know, yeah. oh, you've got this or you've got that. And then, oh, yeah, I've got that. So I'm OK. <laughs> but um, in a way, we need to just trust the process really just trust the process and, and stay with it and be with yourself and the pain of it, the feeling. I think it's very important to feel, to be with the feelings. When I was doing the work um, years ago with women and childbirth and, and all of that, and I was talking in my first book about how women suffer after a very, after a, a negative birth experience, um, uh, 
But it doesn't matter whether you had a cesarean or a natural birth or what you had. The whole thing is what you don't feel, you can't heal. You can't heal it if you don't feel it. You we might- stop it down and we try to forget about it and we put it back. Yes. Into the, into the head. We, we yeah. like, we might say, oh, uh, I'm the way I am because my mother left me when I was five. And this is a cognitive level. But on the day that you get in touch with those feelings, then the block opens. Well, and I want to talk to you about this because I believe you're going to love this. I went through a real heartbreak and I want to talk about heartbreak because you talk about heartbreak and loss in the book. And what I learned was that there was this program, there was this story that I kept playing in my head. And it wasn't until I changed the story. Because what I think, that's why I want to know what you think about this, because I, what I believe is when we tell ourselves the story over and over, we're just reliving it. And that energy is just going and going and going. But when we change the story, we change how it happened. We can change the story or we can just change the words that we're using, but we have to change the programming. And to me, that helped me a lot. And the other thing I want to say is, a lot of us, and I can speak for myself too, you don't want to feel those feelings because it's so hurtful. But when you let go and release them, it is freeing. It is freeing. Absolutely freeing. Absolutely freeing. When you're saying um, change, the, is it change the language or change the belief system? Exactly. Yeah. Like, exactly. You know, yeah. This, always happen- this always happens to me. Yeah. Yet again, I've been left or something like this. Yeah. But in and this is what I or what did I do wrong or what did I say or should I have done this differently where really it has nothing to do with you at all no no that's exactly it and what 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 has she got or he got that I haven't got right exactly and it hasn't anything to do with you but I think that the I teach this a lot because this I can relate to it myself and it's in the book um, when we have several experiences of abandonment in our lives, you know, I, I'm doing it in inverted commas. Right. I, my first one was my birth because I was very premature and I was separated out from, from my mother for two months in an incubator. So that's the first one. And then, you know, in the divorce and all of this. But what is the central message? The central message from our soul is not to abandon ourselves, you see. When we learn that, then we don't draw in people who will who will abandon us. Right, because right, and we tend to do that because the energy of abandonment. Then we look for it, and we look for it. My mom was a narcissist, and she didn't really want to have anything to do with this. So I kept. You're looking for love. That's why I said before, people start looking for love because they don't feel fulfilled. They haven't learned to love themselves. This is really what it's about. I think. It is. Yeah. You know, people, you have to learn to love yourself. And for a long time, somebody said this to me years ago, and I thought to myself, well, how do you really do that? Because when you've never really learned to love yourself, you have to like sit there and think about this. Yeah. Talk about this because it's true. I mean, this is really it. It is. And in fact, it, it, it is. It's about, about embodying yourself and giving birth to yourself. How do you do it? Well, for, for me, it was a gradual process. And I believe that for most people, it is. It's like looking after yourself. What, 
what is it? Can, what can I do for myself today? Oh, I know. For me, it's going for a massage. Yeah. Or going, going for two or three days to a spa. Like that's really looking after myself. Mm-hmm. And um, and things like that. And also sharpening our boundaries, such as yeah. not giving away our time all the time. No, look, I've got to do self-care today. Um, so it's a gradual process and it's 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 learning that we are of value for who we are. That's it. Exactly. I will say that it's the value. We have to value ourselves. And if there are people in our lives that don't value us, we have to move forward and to bring people in who do value us. Because when we do value ourselves, then we do have the energy of that. And that does bring in a higher vibration, I believe, of people who will value us. Right? Totally agree with you. Totally agree with you. And a lot of it is about the vibration, you see. Mm. And we then meet somebody with a matching vibration. Like I'm in the third age and um, the partner I have now is is in his early 70s. And we it's a totally different kind of relationship than I would have had when I was even in my 50s. Um, yeah. And it's just like we're, we're on the same path. We're kind of like, um, what do you call them? companions? Soul companions. Isn't that great? But that's all it should be. It yeah. should be equal. It should be balanced, and you should be best friends. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's what I'm looking for. I'm sure you'll get there. <laughs> I will. I will. But I think we have to. And you know what? To be straight with you, I am so glad that I had to go through what I had to go through. And I'm saying this because I know everybody has tragedy. People who have death. People who have divorce people who have you know heartbreak or whatever you have things happen to you but if you can heal and learn to work on yourself I think that's the biggest thing and you talk about this in the book like working on yourself and what makes you happy you know a lot of us are workaholics and through this I mean I've learned my connection with God. I've taught the audience how to connect with God. And I also think that I've learned to not be such a workaholic. Like you were saying, go to the spa, get a massage, you know, balance it a little bit. Sometimes we put all of our energy into one thing and forget about taking care of, you know what I mean? Absolutely. And and the, the reason I wrote the, well, the reason there isn't really, I love writing. It's my fourth book. <laughs> Um, is really to say that in this particular, I don't know if you'd agree, but I think you would, in this time of unprecedented, there's a spiritual awakening everywhere, then this is this is important that we realize that, you know, we can heal ourselves, we can go within, there is, the divine is on our side. Yes. And, and it's, it's, it's not about going out there at all. And the nourishment of the earth. I mean, you talk about the West of Ireland, which was lovely, but I actually spent uh, a little bit of time in Arizona and I absolutely fell in love with the desert. I love that high desert down there. Yeah. Yeah. It, well, it's, yeah, it's got a special energy. It's got yeah. a special. Did you go to Sedona when you were here? Uh, I did, but not not at the time. Yes, another time, but not at, at the time that I spent. Okay. That it was when I was writing book number three, I think. And actually, I was getting over a heart a heartbreak. But I went to a place called Rex Ranch, which okay. is okay. And um, I used to walk in the desert at night. I just loved it. I loved that space. Yeah, it's it's a different. It's a whole different world. It really so different. is. 
Yeah, it's different. I believe now I lived in New Mexico for many years, but I'll just tell you my feeling on this. I believe in New Mexico, I was really drawn there. I grew up in Ohio and Michigan, but it was drawn there um, by family, but I stayed there. And I believe that the Native Americans truly have kept that land sacred to a certain degree. And that's why the energy, you, a lot of us are comfortable in that energy there. Now, I also feel that way. I was telling you before the show, I feel that way about the trees, anywhere that there's a lot of trees. I feel like that energy, you know, and you and the water too, right? Nature, nature. Yes, and I feel it a lot in, in the water, in the, the great ocean, the big Atlantic, you know. Yeah. It's, in Jungian psychology, it's a, it's a symbol for the, the, the divine mother, the, the great feminine, the, the mother, the ocean, you know, it's lovely. It's really mm -hmm. nice. You say, I, I, Mark this because you say we're living in an age of unprecedented spiritual awakening, which we were just talking about emotional healing, therefore, must move beyond psychology, if it is to become effective, um, combining the depths of psychology with spirituality. And that's what all the scientists I talk to say, the same. they're finally getting there. Finally getting there. I know. Yeah. Well, what do you see? I, I'm curious. I want to I want to kind of pick your brain a little bit before we get out of here today. What's happening in Ireland? What's happening in Spain? You go back and forth. What do you see when, uh, as far as the awakening goes? Do you no, see a change? I, you know, talk to us. Yes, I, I don't have spend, I, I'm new to spending time in Spain. So I haven't, uh, I can't speak about Spain, except that as soon as I got here, um, which was this time last, well, no, it was a bit sort of October last year. Um, I always, I, I immediately almost meet yoga teachers, healers, and, and just form a little group. So ah. there, there are people there. There's, um, there, there is a sense of, of, of that. In Ireland, we're, we've gone through a huge uh, change in the last three years, not for the better. May I add? Oh. May I add? No, it's a, a a change, sort of away from uh, individuality, more towards this whole collective thing, and uh, not not. Um, I mean, the, the the spirituality that's there is still very in much in the earth, and you get pockets of people, but it's most people it's very divided it's a very divided society like that, it is that, here well yes uh, yeah now that you say it it probably is the same oh it, it is it is so, so divided it, it's so divided and so there's a few of us but we're very small in ireland who are let's say on the awakened path and then the others are all sleeping and <laughs> it, 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 it isn't it isn't easy so um I think the U.S. though has more. I mean, take my book, and it's an English publisher. Nearly all my interviews have been with people in the U.S. because there is. Well, yeah, because we're waking up. Yeah, but that. It, but it's like you say, it's true. I guess I see the divide as more of a political divide in the United States right now. Okay. I it doesn't 
so there's two different things that I see. I see that, yes, people are waking up here in the United States. And there's a lot of people who have written books, a lot of people who are talking about God. It used to not be cool to talk about God. Well, let me tell you, we need to talk about the creator because that's how we connect, not AI. We connect to God, not to AI. And so I think, and a lot of people are worried about that. But what's happening is, there's becoming a great divide between the rich and the poor, the haves and the have nots. Mm -hmm. There are so many homeless people here in the United States. It's the most awful thing you've ever seen in your life. And the rich get richer because the stock market keeps going and the money keeps coming and the people can't afford to live in a normal house anymore. And so, and the divide on also, um, politics has been is really been a big divide here so it's not been pretty I've thought about moving to Scotland myself but I don't know but I mean I just yeah uh, that's really interesting because uh, I'm thinking of of jumping to Spain instead of staying in Ireland you know isn't it funny <laughs> well yeah maybe where our soul feels a little bit freer one of one of the things about Ireland is that we're kind of cut off and so um, in times like the pandemic and stuff you're stuck whereas at least in Europe you know you can go anywhere by boat or train you can right you can still go from place from country yeah. to country <laughs> that's yeah. true that's true uh, no it's, it's really it's really good but everywhere I see that the people people want to you know uh, well books are one, are one way of doing it but but people want there's a hunger for healing for healing and for ways of healing um you know the the traditional uh institutions of the past have that we've relied on or people have relied on are all crumbling and so yes. it's yes. a question of of um falling back and the spirituality i'm talking about is not a religious religious spirituality per se right. it's right. It's just a personal relationship with the divine um, and which and you can have, a, you know, in, in sisterhood or brotherhood or, you know, with with like minded people and, mm. and, and, and Jung, the Jungian psychology that I um, am trained in and that I work. He was very open to this transcendent. You asked me about transcendent. That's a right. word for the, the, something outside of the material. There you go you know really so that and it's not down to just our biology and our bodies it's much more than that mm -hmm. it's our souls our spirit our psyches and where we want to go and all of this all of it well and and you know like i said i'm a, i'm a positive kind of girl there's a lot i do this show for the reason that you're talking about to wake people up and to teach people about these things. And through all the people I've interviewed over 300 people in the last few years and brought information forth. And that's what I think is really important that we bring information forth. Maybe somebody will connect with how you do things. Maybe they'll connect about, you know, how I interview somebody else. But the bottom line is I really, people just have to learn to connect. That's it to connect and also to trust trust that we we can heal we have the power to heal ourselves i know and and it well in the book i do, do put in some tools like you know through regular meditation and we're not talking about anything rigid you can do walking right. 
meditation, connecting with the earth, affirmations, working with your dreams, just all of that. Right. You know? All of it helps. Exactly. I will say that. Well, I am. I love the book. How has it been received so far? Good. Good. Although, as I say, all my interviews, not all, but practically all so far have been in the US and I've done um, various uh, interviews and and have been asked to do some some work but um, it's it's good yeah uh, it's times have changed from when I wrote my other books where you go to the bookshop and they'd all be there now everybody orders online which is fine right. but it's right. not quite the same yeah um, so I don't know whether I would like to suggest to your listeners or your your readers to um to go to my website as well because there's a lot of uh tell uh, us your website resources um well it's my name it's www.benikmoje b-e-n-i-g-m-a-u-g-e-r.com okay uh, it, it goes to soulconnections.com i think Will you be putting that up? You will. Yes, I will put that up so that people can see it. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a real, I'm really glad you joined me today. And I will say this, as you're talking about going into the bookstore in the old fashioned way, you know, the cool thing about Zoom, I will say this, is that I've been able to bring people like you into the audience's household or to listen on a podcast when they're driving. And I think in a lot of ways, it's broadened uh, getting the information out, you know, to a larger audience, maybe. No, no, that that's absolutely true. If there was any silver lining to the the, the pandemic times was the, the mushrooming of Zoom. I know, it's, right? <laughs> Therapies on Zoom, teaching is on Zoom. And I know. And I tell you what, every, because when I was a young therapist, it was totally frowned on. There was no such thing as, as you were not to do any therapeutic sessions on the phone or anything like that. But then suddenly, if it's taught us something, is that everything is, is this energy. So the energy yes. is there. You can have perfectly fine sessions on Zoom, even if you're on the other side of the world. And the yes. connection is good, you're okay. Yes. So it's great to talk to to the other side I know you're morning and I'm probably going to bed in about an hour but right exactly well and I want to say really quick uh, uh what you were speaking about it took it was so interesting because as I started to do zoom and talk to different healers I would pick up the energy of the person and I realized that I could heal through zoom that the energy would reach the other person. And that to me was, I mean, you know, you know, we have radio and we have television, but to literally do that and know, do you know what I'm saying? That is brilliant. That is really lovely. Yeah. yeah that was like amazing to know that you could do that. Anyway, that's been, that's been my big aha moment about Zoom and connecting with people. No, it's great. And and when I started this on the internet, probably about 15 years ago with some American clients, I was amazed at the dream, the dream work. I thought this isn't going to work because they're too far away. But um, it was it was amazing. The dream yeah. working with it and 
So everything is energy. <laughs> yeah, it tells us a lot. Well, okay. So the book is The Salt in the Sea. I'm so glad that you joined us today. Thank you for joining us. You guys, this is Nancy Yearout. This is High Road to Humanity. If you need an angel reading, go to my website, nancyyearout.com. You can book your date and time. I'm also doing some speaking. You can hire me to speak at your event. So you guys um, just email me, nancyyearout at gmail.com. I want everybody to have a fabulous week and God bless.